Good morning, church. Everybody get your key when you walk in. That's not the key to the church, by the way. We don't have to hand those out. There's enough of those out there anyway, so uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Got to be a little remembering with that. We're going to be uh, talking about, uh, uh, this is a series on freedom. We're going to be talking about prayer today and some things that were happened uh, uh, that freed some folks up. And uh, uh, one of the things I know for sure is that 100% of the prayers I don't pray won't get answered. There's wisdom right there, isn't it? It, it, it's not like, you know, James says there's stuff that we can ask we don't get because we don't walk. We don't ask. Now, I love, I love hearing diff- different people pray. It's one thing that's such a blessing about our, our community groups and, and folks in our homes that are meeting. Uh, to hear different folks go around and, and, and pray. And, uh, 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 you know, I, I can never forget um, back in another place I lived, we had a group in our house praying. And I love brand new Christians that pray because they just talk to God. You know, they hadn't learned the church lingo yet, right? And so this one brother was praying and he said, uh, he said, dear Lord, forgive me for getting angry at, he named his wife. She's sitting there beside getting angry at her today. You know, she made me madder than, and he said the word. <laughs> but Lord, I'm working on that. And so I thought. But I could hear a complete uh, unified of our group go, you know. I love to hear people just be honest in their prayers. You know, and sometimes people are praying for other folks. I remember one time, uh, 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 Keith, I remember one time you prayed, and Keith getting ner- Annette's getting nervous now, uh, in Bible class for a guy that had hurt his ankle, bowling. And so Keith prays for him, and if he said, Please help old brother, and he named his name. Help old Jay realize not everybody's uh, not everybody's uh, uh, made out for athletics. That's how he prayed about. <laughs> you know, isn't it great that we can go to God with the littlest things in our life or the greatest things, and God gives an attentive ear to our prayers. So. I want us to understand something about prayer just to get us into the context. In, in the book of Acts, this whole thing started with prayer. In Acts chapter 1, the church is born out of prayer. Remember they're there, gathered up in the upper room. They're praying. They're po- the, the disciples there with some women, and they're praying. And, and, and then all of a sudden, uh, they're praying for, uh, uh, not only for the church, they're waiting for the Lord to bring about something great. They're praying for great things to be done. And the church is born out of this prayer. In Acts 2.42, after there's a bunch of 3,000 folks are, are converted, and he talks about the disciples are devoted to some things. Devoted to the scriptures, devoted to fellowship, breaking bread, and devoted, don't go over that word too quick, devoted to prayer. And they grew through that. In Acts 4.24, they're strengthened in prayer when they've been threatened. And all of a sudden, because of their prayer, the whole place shakes. They're, they're emboldened. Now they got boldness to go out and preach the gospel. In Acts 6, they, need, they have a need for servants. And they pray about it to get, to get some servants. But they also say we need servants so we can be about the business, the leaders, of spending time in prayer. And then in Acts 9... 
Peter raises the dead through prayer. In Acts 10, he has a great vision. Peter does. Through prayer, he's up on top of the house and he's praying. And then in Acts 11, the gospel goes to the Gentiles because of answered prayers. And then in Acts 12, which gets us today to our story, Peter is delivered or set free by prayer. Let's just read this little story. So get your Bibles or your phones or your tablets or whatever you got and open up. Or you can read it on the screen. If you've got glasses like Phil. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. By the way, that automatically starts... If I'm in the church, guess what? That's driving me to already. Prayer. And when he saw that uh, this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. For Peter. Got it? Now, the night before Herod was bringing the trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Now, this is interesting to me. Uh, I'm thinking if I'm going to trial the next day, sleeping is probably not the thing I'm doing. But I don't know if it's just Peter's confidence or whatever, but he's going to sleep between these, these guards. And he's bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, and the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself. Can you see that? You know, that gate's just, I mean, there's no electron, there's no buttons to push, there's none of that. And they went through it. And when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly an angel left. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. And when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. And Peter knocked on the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. And when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. Got the picture? They're all gathered up in this house, and they're praying for Peter. Lord, deliver him, set Peter free, keep his faith strong. You know, they're in there praying. And all of a sudden, there's a knock at the door. And Rhoda, she recognizes Peter's voice. She's so excited, she don't even open the door for him. She just runs back in there. And she says, Peter is at the door. And here's what their response was. You're out of your mind, they told her. And when she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. Can you imagine? Lord, deliver Peter. Hey, God, Peter's at the door. You're crazy. Father, please help Peter. I mean, got it? 
But Peter came on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. And Peter noticed, Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the brothers about this, he said. And then he left for another place. And in the morning there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. And after Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. Because you see, when the, you've got a guy that's fixing to die in prison and you let him go, you end up getting his sentence. They understood there was some difficulty there. Let's talk about this prayer stuff for just a little bit. The first thing I want us to understand, that the key to deliverance is prayer. Got that key? You got it? Every time you see it, feel it, handle it, maybe even any other key, Remember, the key to deliverance or the key to freedom is what? Prayer. And all of a sudden, Peter is delivered. Why is he delivered? The church was praying for his deliverance. Even though their prayers were a little bit weak in their confidence, and even though they were astonished when it happened, God still delivered Peter. The key to this deliverance was prayer. One man said, the angel fetched Peter, but prayer fetched the angel. I kind of like that. Now look, this church had been used to even seeing prayers answered. How many times earlier, see, from Acts chapter 1, had the church gathered up and devoted itself to prayer? How many times had us already seen disciples being thrown in jail and yet being delivered miraculously? And now here it is again. And why do we need Peter delivered? Because he's an evangelist that's taken the gospel out to the whole world. We need him in the kingdom, you see. We don't need him sitting in a jail cell. His ministry was out there preaching the gospel. The key. You got it? Every time you feel it. Every time you get your keys out to unlock your door. Start your car. Every time, as often as you put your hands on a key, is as often as you ought to be praying for deliverance by God. Praying for something great to happen in the kingdom. Praying for people to be free from things that are holding them in bondage. Prayer. The key to deliverance is prayer. The people who got together and prayed there was Mary and Rhoda, a servant, and then the many. First of all, I like, I like this about Mary. She's opening up her house, right? Where were the church meeting? Houses. And this, this hospitality or this opening up of this home, and evidently she was well, uh, uh, well off enough to have a big house, to have many people there, and they're crammed in there, and they're gathered up in there, and they're praying. But Mary is hosting this. Some think this is the same place that they gathered in Acts 1 when they gathered up in the upper room and prayed. She knew the value of it. And Rhoda, this servant, 
You see, from those who have a lot, from those that are just there to serve, it doesn't matter. God hears everybody, right? And then all the folks gathered up, the many people that are gathered up. How much do we really need prayer? Can you imagine what would happen that if all of our folks, everybody in this room and folks in the second service and folks at our university location and people that are our own brothers and sisters, if we gathered up in different people's houses and we did nothing but have some intense, earnest prayer, can you imagine what would happen? Can you imagine the deliverance that could take place? You see, there was purpose in this prayer. It says that they were together and they were praying earnestly or with intensity. Is there anybody, a brother or sister, you wouldn't get together and pray with? Can you imagine? I'll tell you what you do. You just think about the worst relationship you have. And if you want to make a difference in them, you just start praying for that person. Now look, pray for them, right? Don't pray. Lord, bless that silly soul. They don't know anything. You know, they're so... Don't do that, man. Pray for people. I tell you what, bring them into your home. And you say their name out loud to the creator of the universe and let them hear you. That's a powerful thing. We need, our voices need to be heard praying for each other, not talking about each other. Got it? Praying for each other. You got a problem. You go ahead and give the Lord a hand on that. You got a problem with a brother. You, you pull them into your house and you pray with them. You don't talk about them. Sorry, I get excited sometimes up here. Then there's the power of prayer. When this church gathered up and prayed, chains, chains fell off a human being that was in jail, barred up. How many of you have ever been in jail? No, 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 don't do that. <laughs> Some of us know what it's like, don't we? You see, we, we may not have physically been in a jail cell. Some have. And a lot of those, by the way, have been prayed for. And Randall, how many of them are preaching the gospel today, brother, including you? Praise God that God delivered you to have a ministry to every prison in the state of Louisiana. Praise God for that, right? There's thousands of people being brought to the Lord. I think one of the greatest revivals is one that's happening inside the prisons uh, of the United States right now. And many of you are involved in that. Manny, where, Manny Canales is, a, well, where is Manny? Manny's hiding out on me somewhere. Manny is doing a great job of preaching in the jails. We need that gospel going out everywhere. Peter there is in jail and his chains and that iron gates just open by themselves. And there's undeniable demonstration of power. And you know when all that happens, Peter's delivered. He's brought out of that thing. And the power's been there. And he goes to the church. And you know what he tells them? 
I've got a, I got a, I got a testimony about the, my deliverance. That's what he's saying. And I want you to tell James about this and to the brothers about this. Here's a testimony. Here's a story of how God brought freedom and deliverance to a man who was bound. That's good news. That's good news. It's testimony time. You and I need to have the confidence to tell how God delivered us and, got found, and we found freedom in Christ. We need to tell that story over and over again. So David Brumley was just a young buck. He's dating Karen. I was, I was a little excited about it, and then I was a little worried about it. I'm, she's dating this old boy. Been out in the world, you know. Karen, you either got to convert him or call him. You know, we got to get to a mark here where he's got to either get on board or, you know, right? And so Ken's joke is starting, and we're all gathered. We, I've been praying for old David. Other people have been praying for old David to come to camp, and David already turned me down. He said, I'm, I'm not coming out. I can't come. I think it was that very day, wasn't it, David? He he said, you think they got room for one more out there? I said, one, room for one more? We've been praying for him. And he shows up and comes to camp. Here's the gospel. Years later now, he's one of your elders, shepherds that have taught your kids and have baptized your children and your grandchildren. God answered a prayer. God answered a prayer. And great things happen. We need to tell the stories of answered prayer. So Susan and I were married, living in South Texas. We had a little problem getting kids here. Some of you know that story. You know the struggle, right? So we lost... Lost some along the way, four to be exact. I pray every time, but you know, before long, you're like, you know, God, I've been praying about this, and don't seem to be anything happening. And then Kristen comes along. We never, we, I, I didn't know we were ever going to have again. Now all of a sudden, he and, I, I, and she's our prayer baby. And so I'm, I'm, work, I'm doing a youth rally up in Arkansas, and I'm getting ready to speak, and I'm talking to a guy there I met. His name was Bill, and, 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 and he, met, he said, oh, yeah, he said, I've been praying for y'all. And I said, what do you mean? I, I've never met you before. He said, oh, my church up in Missouri, uh, where somebody that I asked somebody to pray for us, and they carried it to their church. He said, I, I've been praying for y'all's child, a guy I had never met before have been praying for me and my wife and the baby we have. God answers prayer. Look, the stories here of how God has delivered some of you. I mean, let me tell you, some of you some of you guys, your mama's prayed a thousand times, right? Your daddy's they chased you and your mama's prayed. That's kind of how that went. And look at the deliverance God brought about. You know, 
I'm not offended when God doesn't answer my prayer the way I'm asking. He's God. He knows what's best, right? You remember Jesus on one occasion when he's talking to his disciples? Go tell John who's in jail about the things that you've seen me do. Now, he's been out here healing people, doing the miraculous things, and he tells them, yeah, go, go ahead, go tell John the Baptist about these things. No, John the Baptist, he's in jail. John could have said, why didn't he deliver me? He's out there doing all those great things for everybody else. He didn't do that. Matter of fact, in that text, Jesus said, blessed is the one who's not offended. Now, I'm not offended that God doesn't answer my prayers like I want them to be. I'm grateful that God will give me what I need, but He desires me to plead to Him. See, there are some prayers we don't know how God will answer. There are some prayers we know God will always answer yes. Like the book of James, He says, if you like wisdom, what do you do? Pray for it, and God will what? He'll give it. That's a yes prayer. You can get wisdom. The answer's already yes. All you got to do is pray about it. There are some prayers like that, but God's already said, I'm going to say yes when you ask that. And sometimes he's just waiting around for us to ask him. Now, let me give you the take home. And then we're going to pray. Because, you know, it's one thing to preach about prayer. It's another thing to pray, right? Remember this. The key to deliverance is prayer. So talk to Him. The power of deliverance is God. Trust Him when you talk to Him. And the testimony of deliverance is to others. Tell them about how God set you free. Some in here... You are held down by the chains of guilt because you just can't hardly get over the fact of the ugliness of your sin. And it's time you be freed from that. God forgave you. You need to forgive yourself. Some are chained down by shame when Christ took the shame on the cross for you. You don't have to be ashamed anymore. You're a child of the King. Some of you need to be set free by some sin that you've battled over and over again. Some addiction that's gotten the best of you. And today is the day that you can pray and be delivered. And the shackles of guilt, the chains of shame can fall off your arms. And the gate will open automatically. You can walk through being delivered by God who hears His people pray. Don't walk out of here bound or chained by anything. And you know what? Probably one of the biggest things that chains us down is fear. We get scared instead of trusting God. We get scared by the world. We get scared by our disagreements. We get scared because we have no confidence in the word or we have no confidence in each other. A lot of tens of hundreds of thousands of things just scare us. And we live in fear. I don't want you to be a fearful Christian in terms of being timid. It's time.
to get the chains of doubt and fear off of your shoulders. That weight's got to be removed. Get freed up. Enjoy what God's done for you. And share it with other people. So I've asked some guys to pray. So I don't want to just talk about prayer. I want us to pray. I hope this will spark you calling somebody and say, Hey, can you come up to the house tonight? Let's just, do a, let's just have prayer together. Who knows how this church would be multiplied and delivered if we just talk to God. David Watson's going to come and pray for us now. Follow him, Scott. Caldwell and then uh, Rick's going to have a third prayer there and then after that I'll share with you one more thing and then we'll, we'll be done for the day. David? I'm just about in tears. What an awesome, awesome lesson. The thing we fail to realize, and I'm not going to preach another sermon, I'm going to have a prayer, okay? The thing we often fail to realize is that one minute of prayer does more good than an hour on Facebook. Your complaining doesn't get it. Your prayers and your love does. I had to learn that the hard way. But it's true. And so keep that in mind as we pray together. Father, I stand in awe of your power. I stand in awe of your love. And Father, we are so thankful that because of you and what your Son has done for us, that we have eternal life. Thank you, Father. And Father, I want to pray that we will have a spirit of love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness and self-control. That's what your people demonstrate in their lives, not hate and all the other things that Satan sends our way. Help us to be unified. Help us to love one another, not necessarily to agree on everything, but to love and to, uh, do as Mike said, to pray about things and pray for unity. Pray for a spirit of love, joy, and peace. And, Father, we, uh, we have a lot of people in our church family here, our forever family, that have some physical needs. It's uh, amazing that uh, the number of people that, and as we get older, we realize that's going to happen, but we... We do pray for each and every one of those, Father. But uh, being in your family, we can always keep in mind that where we're going is a lot better than where we are. And we praise you and thank you for that, Father. Help us, too, uh, to be spiritual, to study our Bibles, to spend time together, to live your word, to study your word, and to be what you want us to be, that your ways will be our ways. Your thoughts will be our thoughts, and your will will be our will, Father. Help us to do that, please. And, uh, 
Father, help us always in this forever family here to keep our focus on the gospel, the good news of what you have done, are doing, and will do for us through your Son. That's what it's all about. And that's what we need to share with others, Father, and let them see Jesus living in us. And, Father, we pray there's many ministries and missions that go forth from this church. We pray for each and every one of those, Father. There's been so much good done through the years. So many people will be in heaven someday, and we won't realize uh, how true that is until we get to heaven someday. So many people will be there from uh, the mission work done from this church, and we pray you'll continue to bless that, not just in other countries, but in our country and in our community here, Father. Father, Mike just explained to us that the, uh, when we pray for wisdom, the answer is always yes. And I pray for wisdom for each and every one of us here to be what you want us to be, not to be what somebody else wants us to be, not to be what we want to be, but give us wisdom to make the decisions that would glorify you, Father, in everything that we say and do. We are so thankful, and we love you so very much. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, you are a great and awesome God. And we pray that we'll worship you as such. And we ask, Father, that we'll love and seek you the way you love and seek us. And we'll learn from your love and your kindness. Father, we're very thankful to realize we're sinners saved by grace. And we realize because of that, (laughs) there is hope for us. Because it doesn't depend on us. It depends on your love. In Christ our Savior, we're thankful for the Lord's Supper, each week reminding us, Father, that our hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. And so, Father, help us to realize it's because of Him, because of our connection to Christ, that we're connected to one another. And so, Father, help us to to maintain the unity of our faith and and help us to love one another, to... uh, Honor you by how we live, how we bless and encourage one another here today in our assembly and our assembly that follows and our assembly we work with at university as well as our different community groups and house churches. We just pray and all these will work together for good, to bless one another, to encourage one another, to help one another grow in Christ, to honor you by how we live at home and at work and wherever we go. And uh, we just pray, Father, that uh, you'll help us to look inside and realize we may be people saved by your grace, but we're still humans and we have our own uh, personality quirks and uh, sometimes desires, sometimes differences of opinion. And through all this, Father, we pray that our unity in Christ will be greater than our differences and that we'll work through all these things as uh, brothers and sisters and be able to honor you by how we live and uh, and just work together hand in hand to, to make sure that the fact that we're in Christ is greater than what differences we might have amongst us. And just pray we'll honor you in, in all we do. Father, we pray you'll use us to reach out to a lost world to help share the gospel. And we're thankful for the different 
outreach ministries we have and pray you continue to use uh, Celebrate Recovery. Pray you'll continue to work with our World Radio, uh, the relief uh, work that's done. We pray for Lugner Pierre we work with in Haiti. Pray you'll bless him as he helps uh, reach out and helps poor and needy and orphans and takes the gospel. And we think of Isaac Day in Liberia and uh, uh, my friend Tyrone in Ethiopia, and we just pray you'll use these to continue to share your good news to people, many who have not heard Christ. Father, we do pray for safety for brothers and sisters around the world and realize that we're connected here, but we're also connected to our brothers and sisters all around this world. And we pray you'll work with the different groups like our relief group and Voice the Martyrs and Barnabas Aid and International Christian Concern to help stop persecution mistreatment of Christians. So they'll be able to live safe and blessed lives and be able to continue to go forth praising you and sharing the gospel. Father, you're so good to us, and we just pray we'll return that love by loving you and by loving one another. And we ask this in Christ's name. Let us continue and uh, with our eyes closed and our, our head bowed. Um, just a second. We live in a broken world, and we're not naive of that. Satan is roaming around like a lion waiting to pounce on us. Mike talked about the chains that we have. So this is between you and God right now. Um, if you're struggling with guilt, would you raise your hand? Thank you. You're struggling with shame in your life. Raise your hand, please. If you're struggling with pride, and you need to be released of that, raise your hand. If you're struggling with an addiction that's just ruining your lives, would you raise your hand? You're struggling with fear and pain, and you just need to release that. Would you raise your hand right now? Jesus, we all struggle, and we live in a, a broken world. And we try every way in the world to get rid of the sin in our life. And all we have to do is ask you to take it. So the chains that we, we, we came in here with or that we struggle with are secret sins that you know. The sins that are obvious that are out there. Father, I just pray that you will take these chains because, Jesus, you are big enough to take those chains from us. Help us to get rid of all of this guilt and shame and the fear in our life to share you, the addictions that we have. And, Father, I just ask that, we, that you'll just save us of that. You already have. Thank you so much, Jesus, for that. 
I pray for freedom from this that we have in our life and deliverance, Father. And because of what you've already freed us from, Father, that we will, we will take it and we'll spread, Jesus will spread your name to, to everyone. That we won't be ashamed of it, that we won't be afraid or fearful of it. And that your name will be glorified through it all. We ask for healing. We ask for, for unity in our church. We ask for power from above, miraculous power that you have, that you will come down on this place. Thank you, Jesus, for all you've done. Thank you for taking our chains. In your name, Jesus, we pray. And we all sit together as a church. Amen. Thank you, guys. You want freedom? You've never been baptized into Christ? You want to start all over? That's what our invitation is about. You got a sickness you're struggling with? We'll pray for you. You got a sin you need to get rid of? Welcome to the club. We'll pray for you together, right? So whatever need you have, that's what our invitation is about. So if you have a need you'd like to share, come come down while we stand, while we sing this song.